five, four, three, two, one. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. Today we have Anne Yu. Hi. And we have a blurb. Uh, Anne is a creative thinker who works a nine to five sales job in tech and on the side enjoys making new connections with people as she finds ways to travel and enjoy a more meaningful and fulfilling life. Amazing. Amazing. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, well, how are you doing, Hugh? How are you doing, Anne? Doing better now that we're starting episode two of season two. <laughs> well, hey, congrats. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, John, two? what does that mean, actually? <laughs> I, I just, it's something I made up. I don't know if it counts as season two because season one was 52 episodes and seems like a <laughs> lot. <laughs> Is it just like end of year, new year kind of? yeah the way the way i think about it was at the end of season one we took a few weeks off and then we thought about what we liked and what our values are and if we want to continue and the answer was yes we want to continue and then we we came up with these like ways to make some pain points better so i just think of it as like a refresh like no one who is listening will notice anything different but but like we have a little survey now we have a blurb like we're so prepared coming in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, and thanks for thanks for coming on. Is there is there any uh, anything you would like to add to the to the blurb? You know what? Um, I, you know, I wanted to be super vague because I feel like, you know, a human and like their Ooh. essence is just it could be so like broad. So I don't like to silo myself into like what my job is, for example. Uh-huh um like what I do every single day I guess it's more of like what I like and what I'm interested in I guess so yeah I mean <laughs> there's also another section that's formed that says like particular topics and again like very broad I talked about like solo traveling I love um pursue a passion outside of your nine-to-five job I love artistic stuff so literally went to the MoMA and the Met like all in one day like over the weekend just because I wanted to like check out art again. There's a really cool exhibit in the MoMA um, with Matisse and if anyone's in New York highly recommend that. Um, Introversion, extroversion, all that stuff, uh, mental health boundaries and then like Asian American experiences as like you can tell I'm Asian so (laughs) yeah all different topics that I enjoy discussing. Cool well let's uh Let's jump into interest, but oh, for some context, um, uh, Anne and I met at um, a wedding in Austin a few months ago, and Anne was the photographer. So in addition to all these cool things that she's involved with, uh, she does uh, wedding photography on the side. Um, Speaking of the moment, is that exhibit that you talked about on the top floor? It is on the third floor, I think. It's called the Red Room. I went a few days ago and there was there was one floor where there were a bunch of people and I was very confused. It's probably that one. Yeah, it's a very temporary exhibit. I think it closes this fall. Um, highly recommend though. I don't know. I enjoy like temporary exhibits because, you know, it's it's rare. Uh-huh. Um, but also to add, yes, I that was a one time thing, though. I don't do wedding photography like consistently, but my friend who similar to me, a very huge creator, huge creator, uh, creative, um, basically just decided to help out a friend. He needed a second photographer. First person he thought of was me, which we did photography back in college together. So 
you know, I mean, I said, yes, why not? Never, they'll have any Memorial Day plans. So I'll fly down to Austin, take photos for um, a wedding couple that I never met. So, um, and that's how mm -hmm. I met John. So it all happens in, in particular ways, but I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, um, let's jump into it. So we were just talking about uh, some traveling that, mm -hmm. that you have upcoming, uh, I think you have a lot more flights than I do in the next few weeks. Um, yeah. Do you want to, yeah, do you want to chat about like, like what's happening and then kind of like, if you're trying to get anything out of it, like, like it all seems really fun. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for context, I love, um, I studied art history back in high school, took only one class, but I think that really stuck with me since then. So I've always like managed to t go to museums everywhere I go. I only really studied like Western art history. So I think I've always had an affinity towards Europe. And so I did one art history field trip back in, I want to say like junior year in high school, and that just changed my world. And I always wanted to go back. So um, I'm heading to Paris, then Germany, Dublin, and then London for a whole month, half work and half vacation. So, you know, working in sales and tech, um, obviously you have a limited number of PTO and like work, work remote days. So taking advantage of that during the summer, but um, my goal is to really just kind of, first of all, detach from work. I feel like it's always necessary to do that and detaching as in like completely for like a long period of time for me, it's two weeks, but you know, it could be longer if you can, um, but kind of just want to see the, like the art there, architecture. I love meeting new people and do different cultures. So I'm taking some French classes on a, my like little app. So I like learn a little mm. bit of like communication there because I want to immerse myself. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel very fulfilled meeting people that I'm not usually engaged with on a day to day. So that is kind of like high level, my goal coming out of it. Yeah. But you're doing some traveling too, right? Like at least. I mean, not, not in the next few months. Not like <laughs> this. <laughs> We, we can talk about it on the John Kim episode. <laughs> okay, we're gonna pencil that a little for later. <laughs> yeah, John just came back from Italy, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how when someone travels through, I'm kind of curious of what your experience is going to be when you travel through Paris, you said Germany, Dublin, and was there another? London. London. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's so similar. Yeah. It's so different. It's so interesting. I mean, um, most of it is going to be through train. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. like from Germany to Dublin, it's going to be a little difficult. So I'm flying over there and then flying to London. But I think um, I also realized since moving to New York, the East Coast has a lot of more like public transport in terms of like trains. You can just get to DC, for example, or Philly in like a span of three hours, which is so different from the West Coast, which is where I'm from. So I just feel like it's going to be very fun to continue doing the train life, I guess, um, traveling across different borders. I, I totally agree. Like the Eurorail, oh my gosh, I wish we had something like that. Just a few yeah. hours you can get anywhere for X amount, just infinite, oh, so good. Yeah, just the access is amazing. Yeah, one, one takeaway I had from being in Western Europe was how much I valued walkability. Hmm. And yeah, it, it makes me really sad just just like looking at North America and being like all right where where is like walkability access to transport and like bike like protected bike lanes like where is it as good as like any like just pick a random spot in Western Europe and yeah it's kind of tough yeah so you can do better North America 
I loved, um, I was actually a few weeks ago, I went to DC for Juneteenth and from my front door in my apartment in New York, all the way to like DC and my friend's like front door, it was all through public transport. And it was so cool to just like not have to worry about going through TSA even, like that was so refreshing. I never had that, haven't had that in a while. So um, yeah, it only makes me love public transport a lot more um, after that experience, which sounds kind of nerdy, but yeah. No, those are the those are the important things. <laughs> if you uh, if you had a unlimited money, how would your travels differ? Unlimited money. Um, let's see, like unlimited funds to travel purely for travel, or just in general, if I was rich. Uh, and I had... Yeah, I don't know. Let's say like a couple million dollars and. Uh, you don't have to think about work mm. like how would you think about traveling or that's a leading question how would you think about just Life. what you want to do uh, yeah <laughs> would you travel yes absolutely I think when I was young my dream job was to like travel the world um which is obviously I think influenced through social media because I see everyone like posting beautiful photos and I'm like <laughs> I want to be like that but obviously unrealistic sometimes um especially not knowing like what comes with it I guess um but if I had unlimited funds definitely would travel I would definitely try to explore like the unknown parts of the world where like I don't know I can like see things that not everyone has seen my philosophy with travel is to not be a tourist which I know is hard going to a very touristy city like Paris <laughs> but I want to be very local and if I could if I had if I don't have to work I would try to like stay in one um city for a long period of time learn the language learn the culture the food and like really be a part of that city and then hop onto the next one after a few years or so and just like just do that I feel like that could just be so meaningful and fulfilling you know um because I I love connecting with people in general that's like one of my values in like work and life as well I love that so much that's amazing yeah, I, I'm guessing, is that one of the reasons why you got into photography? Just that aperture into many different perspectives? Yeah, no, I, I got into photography. My dad was super into photography. I think he gave me my first camera when I was like 12 or something. It was like a really, literally like a box Fuji, Fuji camera that like came out. I don't know. There's like a little flash coming out of it too as well. Um, I'll have to send you guys a photo of it. Um, but that was my first. And then ever since I just like had an another camera whatever he picked up um so yeah I think that's also I think I saw the world in a particular way where I just like love capturing it so I enjoy it a lot and I kind of like started doing more photography in college a lot more portraiture graduation shoots you know those kind of like those gigs are really hot in in like college for sure but I think my <laughs> biggest passion was travel photography or landscapes and like even just like very candid street style photos so I think even in the past two years during COVID, I kind of like changed up my style and I wanted to go back to film. My dad had film cameras and he started refurbishing some old ones from eBay and I kind of picked one up. And then since then, like even my Instagram photography is all like film and not even digital anymore. So that's why it was a very interesting, odd like gig that I had this wedding because I haven't picked up a digital camera in like such a long time. I had to learn like the techniques again. It was great. I didn't mess up, but like, you know, I haven't touched that. I feel like my like I don't know narrative with photography has evolved a lot in the past couple of years 
Gosh, that's incredible. Oh my goodness. I, I do I do want to say at the at the wedding, Leisha gave a speech and I forgot what was wrong with my phone. I think maybe my battery was low. And then Anne was like, I'll do it. And the the like I didn't I didn't know you could do such a good job with like an iPhone. Because <laughs> she, incredible would, she, would record, she would record Leisha and then like and it would be like, oh uh, Vicky's gonna have a reaction and then like she would like like get get this view of Vicky and then like, go back to Leisha and and Le- we we're we we're both looking at it and we're like this is good footage like this is better than what <laughs> I would have done so thank you I mean I think it's just I think capturing like moments is like it's like the key to photography like you could pose you could like pretend a moment's like real but I love just capturing raw like emotion so that's one thing I love about weddings is that you get to see a lot more of that um, there. But yeah, I mean, that's why I'm saying like anyone can be a photographer though. You can just pick up your phone and like record it uh, or take photos. So yeah. I love it. It sounds like your next expansion vertical is not just photography, but wedding videography. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. He, he was into, he, he studied photography, right? I did. I did a bit. I, I, I'm so curious, actually, as to asking the following question. But yeah, I, I personally did take, I was a media studies major in, in college as well, did photography, videography as like a focus. But I didn't, I'm just kind of curious, because I didn't end up going down the train of becoming a professional in photography, videography, and kind of curious on your side, it sounds like you're still following that track and and passion but it's not your full-time role and Mm -hmm. or is it but you have the other I'm like how did that happen did you have to what did you have to decide or go through to end up in the place that you're at and are you happy with how it is going or trying to change it a bit yeah no uh, that's a great question I think when I was in college I studied business I did sales marketing entrepreneurship so I think naturally my major kind of led me towards a more typical business like role um but on the side I would always do photography I kind of like leveraged photography as like my side gig making some side cash when I was in college so that was kind of how I like built up my brand almost I hate like the whole self-branding thing because I feel like it's like you don't want to try too hard but also like you do need to build your brand so I I think through word of mouth, a lot of people just like saw Anne as the photographer of the college or of like the friend Mm -hmm. group. So I think that's always, people will always be like, Anne, like, how's your photography going? Oh, Anne's such a creator, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's just me like taking photos of people in my- (laughs) I just click a button. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? And I just like, you know, I just show up and take photos of you. Um, But I don't know, I think a lot, I have to be reminded by others that like, I do a really good job. That's why people talk about it, right? So I think don't discredit yourself if you're an artist. Um, But I did realize that I enjoy taking photos on my own terms versus others after a while. So not that like I was not interested in taking photos for others, but I think what made me most fulfilled or excited is whenever I had control of the whole narrative. So yeah, when I like look at photos I've taken, um that I had a vision for and I get more excited editing those than like headshots for LinkedIn you know (laughs) so um so yeah that's kind of why I decided that I didn't want to maybe pursue full-time creative work but I do subscribe to all these creative like you know newsletters I joined ACN which is the Facebook group on Asian Creative Network um just to like see what other creators are doing in general but I never fully pursued it which it's not a no for ever. I think like I'd be open to see what's out there, but that's why also if there's gigs out there, 
through friends, um, I'm not opposed to. I'll always like say yes or try to say yes, um, which hence the wedding thing and hence this podcast. So, so yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like it's not um, restricted in terms of like what my future could hold with creative, but I think that's where I'm at right now. I love it. And and then for, so for like the, the main side of, so that's like the passion you're growing in. So you would like to do that full-time more if you could, but you also have the nine to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I also, I'm trying to figure out like what exactly is creative, what does creative mean to me? You know, mm. like I also grew up doing music. Um, I performed, I did marching band, which is very performance focused. It's group performance, but I kind of missed that as well. So kind of decided to take like an acting class like 10 weeks ago, decided to try that out on stage. Nice. I liked it. I think it's cool. I'm not sure if that's like meant for me fully, but you know, like it's something that I'm dabbling with. So yeah, I think I'm in a stage of figuring out, like, I want to be creative, but I'm not sure exactly like where that takes me or what it is exactly. Um, probably, yeah. Uh, slight, slight, uh, topic change because I also want to get to the other parts. Um, but you mentioned ACN, which mm-hmm. I have not heard of before. It sounds like it's a Facebook community yeah. of, of like uh, Asian creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I'm curious what that is, what it means to you, and then how, like what it means to you in the like under the umbrella of being an Asian American. Love that transition. Look at that. <laughs> that was so smooth. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of ACN, I don't know how I found this, but and I'm not even really on Facebook much anymore, but it is a really cool um, platform for creators are who identify as Asian or you don't have to, but if you're an ally, even, even as well. But we're basically supporting Asian creators because as we all know, being a creator is hard, especially like if you want to find initial work and stuff. So it ranges from like musicians to podcasters to like photographers and even like designers people who make their own like clothes like people will like sell their own stuff on there so highly recommend if you guys want some more reach like check that out um but yeah no I think in the past couple of years I've definitely like thought a lot about my identity and I think with just you know as we all know in America like some tough challenging times um in the past two years with just Asian hate and just overall um questioning like do we belong here even? I think that's been really top of mind um, for me. So like even at work, I try to like do a lot more like projects to help the Asian community within my work and then even outside of work too. So yeah, I don't know. That's, it's a big topic. (laughs) Like for me, I think it's just, uh, my parents immigrated from China, born in Houston here. So I think I fully identify as Asian American or um, Chinese American. So that is, um, that's how I came to be. Yeah. Hugh, you're Chinese American too, right? What? what? <laughs> Represent. With some, with some British in there too. Yeah, I'm a confused person, that's for sure. <laughs> that's great. Does your parents um, emigrate from Britain? Yeah, or? so both of them, uh, they met in San Francisco. But yeah, dad's from Northumbria and the north of England and mom's from China as well. And so... It's crazy how the melting pot of America works in a way at times. <laughs> yeah. Do they, so they met in America. Did they immigrate mm-hmm. there? Okay. Like first yeah. time? Or... Yeah. Well, that's what I sometimes get confused. Is, are, is there zero gen and then we're first gen, we're right? First gen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, because you would say they're, they're immigrants um, and then we're first gen. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. There's a lot of 
backstory to all of that in there. But hey, here we are. And it's actually amazing. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Something that we like to focus on here, right, is on the, the Moon Tea podcast is craft community and building meaningful careers. And with that, it sounds like you're really into community as well as craft too, right, as a creator and an artist. And so what does community in the sense of being part of the American melting pot, as well as being part of the Asian American community, how has that community been for you? And like, what are your thoughts on all these different communities? And, you know, we all are in our own different places, but also kind of a coagulation as well. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I think like very, very open-ended. So I, I'll tell a little bit about like kind of my journey growing up in America. Um, I like born in Houston. My parents had a lot of like Asian friends, like they immigrated um, to Houston for their initial job and stuff like that. But I think my mom got a job in Little Rock, Arkansas. So we ended up moving there for two years. I think I was third, fourth grade. So very young. Um, You can imagine not so many Asians there. I was probably the only Asian um, in my grade. Definitely felt like the whole didn't belong um, feeling when I was there. Like it was very like something that I didn't really think about until two years ago. And I was like, wow, I really didn't. Is this the reason why I sometimes feel awkward in social settings? Like, I don't know, like, I don't want to attribute certain things to like my childhood, but I did think about that two year like experience in Little Rock and feel like, you know, like I definitely was like outcasted at a certain certain degree, right? Being like not the same or different than everyone else. Um, Thankfully, my mom got a job in California, Southern California, which is very heavily populated by the Asian community. So I think that was definitely such a um, privilege, but also very good, like, like luck to have that, like to grow up most of my like elementary to high school career in California. So, you know, made a lot of friends there, felt like I belonged, which is great. But I also feel like, felt like I only stuck with all the Asian kids, Um, did marching band, did all that, but just stuck with like the same group of people. And then I went to college in Houston again, which was like a full circle for me. And then I met actually a lot more like diversity there, which is actually blessing disguise for me. Like I definitely like feel like I exposed myself to a lot more experiences there. So, and then since I worked at tech company, which is also very diverse. So I think I just continued to build more of that community outside within my social circle, but also with outside of it as well. So like for me, the people I hang out with, I try to just like get to know them as much as possible, um, travel. Like I went to Mexico city, I think a few, like a few months ago, um, specifically wanted to make sure I was like seeing people like that I've met, like from like the Hispanic culture and like spend time with them, like be in their home country or home city and like explore the world through their lens. So that's kind of how I see community for me. It's not necessarily like how many people you surround yourself with, but like how you approach the people that you do meet and like how they can expose you to their community. And that's how I feel most fulfilled. And that's why travel also plays a huge part of it because like I meet friends who are international and eventually hopefully they can take me on their journey and, and vice versa for me too. So um not sure if I answered your question, but that's that kinda, was fantastic. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. And, and the follow-up question just really quickly as one who it seems like you're extremely not just conversational but just like open to meeting and getting and befriending a lot of people as one who's like really kind to other people and good at crafting or communicating and such what is it that you've found to be you know whether it's simple or not has been kind of like a little 
tip or trick or something that you think is important when trying to meet others or embed or learn about other people's cultures? Anything that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a trained mindset, in my opinion. I feel like before I would always be very closed off. I wouldn't really like engage. I think it's just being curious, which is such a mm. generic answer. But I think that if something intrigues you, even if it's a small thing, like, oh, I want to one day make my own like cake shop. I'd be like, what made you like want that? Like, did someone inspire you? Like, it's like being curious to why. And then, um, and I also think it's just being very open. Um, I had a conversation, I think even yesterday with someone about how like the older we get, the less open-minded we are because we don't surround or we don't force ourselves to like surround ourselves with other people, right? I think we just, we get married, we get, we settle down. We just kind of stick with the same bubble. And I think that kind of made me realize that you kind of have to just work for meeting new people. And that's how you stimulate your thought process and creative thinking and even your openness to meeting more individuals that may not be like you or think like you. So um, curiosity and I guess like being open-minded, that's kind of like, and it takes time. I guess it takes a lot of like um, effort too. So it's not easy, but yeah. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, we all work in the tech world in mm -hmm. one way or another. And one Maybe, maybe like criticism I have of the tech community is that, is that like, sometimes I find myself in situations where like, where like everyone is, everyone is kind of like from that same bubble. It's like everyone like works in tech. Like, it's like, oh, what do you do? Like I do software, I do product. And then mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's like diverse, but then not really. Um, and yeah, one thing, one thing, like we, we talked about this on our previous episode, but we, we were asked the question, like, how do you, in what ways do you try to like be outside of your bubble of like your immediate community and your coworkers and, and all that. And I think it's, I think it's like harder to do than I realized. Um, but, and it seems like you're doing a pretty, a, you're being pretty proactive about like, going to Mexico city, like going to London, like that's, yeah. that's probably like, that's probably like the best way to just be like, be completely out of your bubble and then mm -hmm. like hang out with the locals and then just like be open-minded be curious about people and their culture. Mm -hmm. um, and I commend you for, for uh, not, not like being in that bubble. Um, I mean, especially like here, we, we lived in San Francisco, like the entire city of San Francisco is a, is a, big but little tech bubble um but yeah that's why I didn't want to move there so <laughs> at least I feel like New York has a good amount of variety with um I guess industries and people here so yeah yeah do you feel like would you say that your community is as diverse as you want it to be or do you want it to be like because it, it's tricky because you're like you're like, oh, I identify as Asian American mm -hmm. and I and I like relate with people who are Asian American, but then you like, you don't want to be with all Asians <laughs> and you don't want to be with all like big tech people. Yeah. So like how do you how do you balance that? And are you are you where you want to be? Do you want to like push it out further? Like, do you want to make friends with like 
are you like looking for a South African to be friends with? Like, I don't think I have like a particular like quota in terms of like different types of people. Um, I do think I'm definitely actively working to find friends outside of tech because um, past two years I've been working remote, only interacting with tech friends. Um, so anytime I meet someone who's not in tech, I get super excited. Like I just met an airline pilot yesterday who flies for United. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, tell me more about these, like, you know, problems you guys are having with like delays, but it's okay. Um, but I think it's, I think for me, um, I just let it happen. I'm also like, this is another topic I wrote down is like, I would identify myself as an introvert, which is very not how I come off a lot. But I think that I've slowly become a bit more extroverted post COVID. I don't, I don't know if it's like a post COVID thing, um, but I do feel like it is finding balance into like finding, figuring out like what I feel energized by, who I need and stuff like that too. I even like last night I was thinking like, you know, like all these people I have yet to meet, but then also these people I don't want to engage as well. So it's just, it's a like a mental battle too for introverts when it comes to socializing. So I'm trying not to put too much pressure in terms of like who I meet, but I do feel like one of the goals moving to New York is to build a community have really close friends, um, meaningful conversations and stuff. And I've only been here for, I think, six months. So still very new, but um, but yeah, I'm just open-minded about like, bring your friends over to a picnic or I'll bring mine and then we'll meet together, learn about each other's like, you know, thoughts and conversations. That's kind of how I go about that. I love picnics. Love picnics, we should do more picnics. Yeah, I, love, yeah. I love Central Park picnics. It's like, it's like the most amazing. <laughs> Yeah, bring all your friends. Yeah, the weather is nice. Yeah, people bring their blankets, you have a frisbee. Like. Yeah, bring your food, whatever, you know, food they want. It's so fun. I was just doing a July, 4th of July picnic, and that's how I met this pilot. Because uh, <laughs> someone brought, brought their friends with them. So, yeah, that's like, it's like such a simple, like, thing. But people forget that, like, these are, like, the secondary friendships you can make. And you never know who you'll vibe with, you know? I was gonna I was gonna say whether or not I make it we should have a Moody podcast sponsored picnic just just go just enjoy Wait, that's perfect you have 52 episodes bring all 52 guests over and then we can have a whole picnic that'll be awesome the New York crew right. there we go all right here just put it on the calendar see you in Central Park <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pop in and then I'll pop out Unless, unless, uh, unless Gilbert, Arizona has uh, the best urban park in the world. But <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not talk about Arizona, especially in this month of time. The weather's <laughs> way too hot. <laughs> yeah. So changing topics from Arizona. <laughs> uh, I. Uh, so and you talk a lot about like meeting people and like being outside your bubble and like one thing that I've run into in the last few years is is that I have like let's say I have like this much capacity for friends mm -hmm. and every time I meet someone it's like oh shoot it's either this person is part of my friend group or or like pushes someone else out yeah and I don't know am I being ignorant by doing that and like is your is your capacity a lot bigger like do you still do you have more capacity mm -hmm. um or, how do you define friendship <laughs> yeah or or am i am i like old and jaded um so like yeah i don't know like 
like for me, I've, I've realized that I, I value the friendships that I've had. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like Hugh and I have history together. We work on this together. And like, and if I could choose between like hanging out, like having dinner with Hugh for an evening versus like a brand new person, mm -hmm. like I think if they were like equal coolness, first of all, that guy would be really cool. But then I think I would, I think I would choose dinner with Hugh. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, how do you, how do you think about, are you in like, are you in like full on meet people mode? which it kind of seems like you are, but then yeah. like, are you, like, how do you manage all your friendships? Yeah, I mean, great question. I think I'm also similar to you where I keep my really close friends very close. And I have like four friends from high school. I can honestly say like three friends from college and then at work a good amount, but they're like, even then like, um, they're not as close as my high school friends, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think there was this one cool concept where you'd like draw circles and you're like, this is like my primary friends, secondary friends, tertiary friends. And you like draw a bigger circle, the bigger circle, the more like insignificant they are, mm -hmm. but they are still important as you met them, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it just takes, personally for me, I just think it takes effort and time for people to make their way into their primary circle. Um, so it's up to you if you want to decide to let that happen, right? Um, like even for example, like I met this girl through my coworker like a few weeks ago. She reached out, asked me to hang out during like 4th of July weekend. I was like, let's go to a museum. We went to the MoMA and then we just hung out. That's our, this was our first time hanging out without my coworker. And like, we vibed a lot. And I was like, this is really cool. We both are like Asian American single women in New York. Like this is, fun you know but obviously she's not going to compare to my best friend from college or best friend from like high school but it could make her way into it I guess so I don't know I think like it's all about effort for both parts and honestly like it's since it's a two-way street like it's not that deep if they don't try and you end up trying mm -hmm. you know like I think if they really want to try and you don't feel it then you kind of have to like be honest talk to them or like figure mm -hmm. out a way to go about that um but yeah, I don't know. I think like I've realized that people are just so busy on their own lives. And at our age, at least like post-college, I think we already have a lot of close friends that's not super deep, <laughs> at least in my opinion, if like I meet a new person, they're not super engaging, like as if they're my best friend, but like as mm -hmm. we meet, maybe it'll develop, right? That's kind of how I see friendships, but I don't know. I, I love this topic though adult friendships is like a new topic in my opinion post pandemic to like meeting new people um yeah I don't know don't know if there's a best practice out there I, I uh, differentiate between between friends who if we lived in different cities like mm -hmm. I would still make an effort to keep in touch with yeah and proximity friends and like most people are proximity friends yeah yeah, I, I, as I mentioned, I like lived across different cities. I went to school in different cities too. Um, I definitely make a huge effort with my friends who are not near me. Um, and the ones that stick are the ones who do the same for me. So that's when you know. And then proximity, yes, I think in New York, it's so easy to make a lot of friends, but they're very like not deep until like there's more time spent together in proximity, right? So I agree with you. I think that's how like, adult friendships work at least for me I think it also helps to uh struggle through something together yeah <laughs> I feel like that's that's like how you do it 
Yeah, not gonna lie. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, I feel like during COVID, I really rebonded with a lot of friends. Mm. I guess like just catching, we like would catch up every week since college. We haven't talked, but like we catch up every week, and you know, we kind of like not that like this was like. I mean, obviously, we all went through COVID together. It's just like we all went through isolation, so I feel like that kind of like really impacted friendships too in a good way at least for me like mm-hmm. just reconnecting with people again yeah I think this this podcast is also an excuse to to like invite friends on like invite people like oh you seem cool like can we chat for an hour and then just like put it on the internet I love it's, that yeah so that's great and that's how you guys are keeping in touch too is like every week you guys are recording a podcast together yeah. that's a- it's how I hang out with John <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> he he introduced me to his uh his friend who is like college friend, mm-hmm. and now I hang out with her like I don't know once once a week or so. You go but they're better friends with each other than we are friends. With. That's great. <laughs> like, she's like, how's you doing? <laughs> That's so lovely. I love that. Yeah, Moon Team podcast building friendships. We just had yeah. I really do think there's like picnic in a park thing. We should do this john we'll sponsor this but i I do have a question on the side note so something that i did see in this amazing form that john put together in our hiatus of season one to two is that you wrote that uh, for and you wrote the pursuit of passion and living a purposeful life are topics you're interested in discussing as well and i'm just kind of curious of like what does that mean living a purposeful life and how have you been doing that or the pursuit of passion just open-ended question again I guess I'm running all these questions open-ended but please I'd love to hear more yeah no I mean I think when I wrote that I was like this is so generic there's so much we can talk about and I (laughs) I don't know (laughs) there's plenty to say like oh what's purpose like it's also an ongoing thought process I have every single day like what am I meant to do in this world that we're in am I supposed to just like live and cruise by and focus on like my media circle of community or should I do something bigger like for the world you know so not sure yet but I think to make it less stressful I kind of focus on my immediate community for now making people around me happy um but pursuit of passion and kind of like the creative side but even thinking like what how to like maybe even unlearn what the pressures are society-wise on me and like figure out what happiness comes from there, I guess. Um, That's kind of something that I've been thinking a lot since moving to New York on my own, meeting new people, like just getting to know like other people's experiences. Um, But yeah, purpose is kind of a very general um, broad concept in terms of what people perceive it as, right? So, yeah not sure if that answered your question <laughs> also also we totally understand you probably spent like a minute just like writing the person that came to your mind yeah so. like even with the blurb i was like nothing particular i wrote on the form nothing in particular and i i was like we're writing something high level here i prefaced it guys so i'm glad you used it but i mean i could have yeah it could have been like a not a, di- a different 30 second elevator pitch of myself but um it was yeah. fantastic. No, are you kidding? This is amazing. Seriously. <laughs> this is, this is, I, it, it's the first time that we've been using a form in a convo too. So we're, we're also figuring this out. It's been great so far. <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I just took a, not took uh, at work. It's interesting how, you know, like a lot of these modern workplaces are trying to have 
like the people and happiness team or the HR team is trying to do some more health and wellness type things or get say like a meditation app subscription or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just this morning, there was this interesting, um, um, uh, there was an interesting presentation, I suppose, by a team member from the people and happiness team about how do you live a meaningful and like value driven life? And I thought that was like fascinating. I was like, all right, how is this going to go? I'm down. I haven't been to one of these at a, in a professional workplace in a very, very long time. And so, yeah, this like on that idea of like pursuit of something meaningful and purposeful and what is passion was interesting how like the very high level concept of that convo was, you know, a lot of people on the daily. And again, this is probably very obvious, but I just thought it was a nice refresher in a way. And a nice perspective again of another additional data point of of a lot of people go daily you know this is my goal and this is my long-term vision as you say what's the thing to help the world right and everything until then is very stressful and very like anxious inducing and you always need to be working or studying and I thought it was really interesting of like oh then there's the other perspective of okay you might have these goals but what are the values and or the things in between before after and at those big moments that are culminating moments that you kind of try to embody or live by and say, you know, for example, one thing today was like, how do you appreciate the moment? Very simple. A lot of meditation and central centerings are, are doing that. But I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It was a nice reminder, you know, appreciate the day. You might be tired, but Hey, appreciate that you're tired for X or Y reason or appreciate that we're on a podcast now with the beautiful background light and everything like that, you know, and then amazing, like conversation with amazing guests and it's fantastic. And so yeah. with all of that, yeah, I just, yeah. What is purpose? What is meaning? How do we do this? How do we enjoy it while we're at it? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I mentioned, I think I may have mentioned this at the wedding um, when we were, I think talking about purpose, actually, mm. I'm not sure if you remember this, but I, take this from my mom because I kind of witnessed her doing this during COVID was just like living as simple as possible, whether it's like your environment or like the things you do. And like my mom's super like meditative. She loves to like meditate in the morning. She does gardening, which is to grow plants and build like vegetables and like have that as like a source of food and nutrition for her family. And just watching her do this every single day, the same thing. Like at first I was like, oh, aren't you bored? But I think like watching her so content with like her values, which is sustainability, just like living a simple life, no drama, um, and just like being inner peace, having finding that inner peace was so ad- admirable to watch, I guess. And I I kind of had a moment where I was like, you know what? I could do this too. Like it's not that hard, but it's also a lot of like patience too, to like find that purpose. Maybe I'll switch gardening with like art, for example, but I think like. I think purpose for me is to be as simple as possible, whether it's your surroundings, um, your work, and like the people you surround yourself with. Like it shouldn't be more than like anything like heavy, I guess, that like will impose on your life that's like not fruitful for you. So I think that's another like high level thing that I think about is like, how can I live a simple but sustainable life, I guess. Um, and that could look so different for everyone, um, but yeah, I love that your company did that though. I think it's a really good reminder to have um, as you work nine to five every single day doing the the work you're supposed to be doing. I'm I'm so I'm I'm wondering like how do you even put on a workshop like that? Because that's such a broad topic. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel sorry for whoever whoever like put it together. 
because it's like that's that's a that's a big expectation but i don't know hugh how was it like was it was it worth it like was it did you get what you signed up for very honestly i had that same thought midway through the presentation of oh wow how is this uh, this team member giving a presentation like this and for an hour and and it was actually quite incredible the slide deck you know it was a slide deck but it was interesting there was different it was very culturally grounded to just there's usage of like an like a youtube video which i thought was interesting um that i can even link one day of like values versus goals by dr russ harris it was a very simple high level video it was like four minutes and then another video a bit later after talking about the high levels of what goal-centric mindsets to reinforce that versus value-driven mindsets and appreciating and what type of adjectives to use uh, were interesting. And then after that, there was that there was um, a movie and I want to watch it. Have you two seen a movie? It was called, I wrote it down. Let's see. It was called Time Together, uh, About Time, called yeah. About Time. Yeah, is it, it's a, is it a fictional movie or is it a documentary? It's a fictional movie and it's about, again, I, I got like a, you know, a five minute video in the presentation and it was interesting yeah. to watch it as everybody, but it's like this, this group, this uh, family, this father has a special power and it's a bit cheesy in a way, but they're able to travel time. Okay, cool. But then the actual concept is he tries to teach his son or kids, but in this video is the son to the trick is to go through the day, do it, but then go rewind time by a day and go through the same day, but appreciate as many moments as you can. And mm -hmm. then how does one react or how does the day change? And how do the people in those micro moments rather than the macro pictures, how do the micro moments really kind of proliferate happiness? And I thought that was really interesting. Oh, wow. I love that. It's just being very present in your literal like moment that you're living in right now. And remind, remind yourself that it's, it's the only time you can actually appreciate it is right now because you can think back about it. It's not the same though. Exactly, exactly. And, and one other funny thing, and and I'll end whatever because it went on, but uh, for even more. But one of them was, you know, it's very simple, and it's just you know, find a piece of food right now or in the future and eat it and eat it as fast as you can. Just saw it as quickly as you can. You know, don't choke, don't die. But okay, cool. How was that? Was it enjoyable? Yeah, I mean, whatever. Did the trick. But then the other one, simple, but chew it, appreciate. I opened an orange. I was like, sure, I'll play along. <laughs> I opened an orange, appreciated the orange. I was like, wow, that's actually really cool. Took a bite. It was, it was very like mindful, you know, like how like monastic monks kind of really appreciate every moment. They eat and chew 32 times. I don't even know, but you know, and then they, and it was like, all right, that was cool. It was just a nice reminder. And I think it's one of those things that, oh yeah, maybe it is a habit. I don't think I've meditated in a very long time. And I was like, that's the closest I've been in a while. <laughs> find it helpful to smell food before mm. or eating you know people do that with wine like mm -hmm. smell it. yeah but, i like yeah, that same goes with hiking i don't know if you hike a lot in arizona but um back in california i used to hike a lot and i think a lot of people just like walk i mean you just hike right you just go on your trail and then you go to your destination and you're like wow pretty um but <laughs> i think there was like one headspace had like a meditation session where it's like walking 
and you just like plug it into your ears and like as you hike or walk like it tells you to focus on how the earth feels or like mm. how does like obviously you have to take off your earphones for this but like how do the sounds around you feel and sound like and then how does the temperature feel on your skin and you're like I never thought about this at all when I hike or walk every day you know I love um, that but I distinctly remember that trail or hike now to this day because I did that meditative like practice and I still remember how I felt and it's like so wild how your mind can just capture the small details and because we don't do it enough I feel like you remember that more significantly so highly recommend trying that out I have to absolutely headspace you said yeah amazing yeah. I did something cool once, which was we went to a restaurant and then I was like, hey guys, who wants to eat in silence for the first 10 minutes? And then we were just, we were just eating and like, okay, we just set a timer and then we we're just eating and like looking at each other and being like, like <laughs> and it was, I don't know, I, I liked it. Like, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I, I used to, I used to do that in a, in uh in france like every meal the first half would be in silence and they would play classical music so like everyone would just be eating i love this all right so moon tea podcast picnic in new york city central park is going to have a segment possibly in the intro where there's going to be a five to ten minute everyone sits in a circle or something and eats food and doesn't say a word done i can see that on the agenda already like it's like 12 to 12 10 silence eating your snacks yeah and if, and if you, you speak you have to come on the podcast and explain why no, I'm just kidding. Oh, if you if you came late and didn't get an agenda then sorry you're just going to be confused <laughs> you're just going to sit there why does no one like me why is no one talking to me avoid eye contact only focus on your food and uh do you have a meditation practice i feel like it is common with people in the tech world who are interested in creative things. I feel mm -hmm. like there's an 80% chance that you do. Oh man. Well, <laughs> see, this is an ongoing struggle because I haven't had a great morning routine. And so what I used to do back in COVID or back when I was home was meditate every day, which you guessed it, I did meditate a little bit. Um, it was definitely like during the harder times where I felt like I needed to ground myself. So it was more of like a reaction versus like a proactive practice. Um, so right now I'm definitely trying to be more proactive about meditating it's not consistent, but just try to sit down every morning and just like spend 15 minutes. And I think 15 minutes is actually quite long for an average human who doesn't do it a lot. So even 10 minutes is like a good starting point. I use Headspace, not sponsored, <laughs> but I love Headspace. They're, they're great. And um, yeah, they have a lot of different sessions on different types of topics too. So you can meditate for like mindful eating, for example, is one of them, um, like for good sleep even, or even like I don't know, like work stress, you know, personal like life crisis and stuff like that. So I kind of use that as like a guiding point for me, but, um, but yeah, it's an ongoing process, um, but you are spot on. I definitely am trying to meditate a little bit more. It's like a side thing I'm trying to work on. Nice. It's okay. <laughs> We're not perfect. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Do you meditate? Um, at age 21 I tried it out and then I did 20 minutes a day for like a few years wow and then now I don't do it anymore what was the pivotal point for you oh uh, uh 
I just forgot to do it and then I got <laughs> nothing special. <laughs> Decided to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to go to the gym on my campus and then I would walk to the chapel and I'd mm -hmm. go in the chapel, like go up, go up the stairs and then just like sit there for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was very peaceful. But now, like a lot of other people, I don't have the best morning routine working on my sleep hygiene, all that, all that stuff. So also note that John went to, was it the mid or the South of France for six months <laughs> at a, a monastery and stayed there as a monk. Oh, you did. That's an important note to have to make, right? <laughs> was it three months or six months? I forget, but <laughs> we're, we're only allowed in the country for three months. So. Yeah. Three months. All right. So I lied. Three months. Excuse me. That is super cool. I feel like that's a whole separate topic we should dive into or if you haven't yet on your podcast <laughs> what what wait didn't we bring on a friend of you uh, what, Alf, uh, what's his name alvaro it was alvaro yeah, <laughs> yeah that was amazing yeah we had a uh a, a really close friend of mine from there mm -hmm. and he was a guest on the podcast awesome yeah okay it was, it was cool to just chat with him for an hour but uh yeah we did all the we did all this like kind of cool and like hippie stuff like I spent a week in silence um there are like three prayers a day mm -hmm. um and lived like a really simple life in community and yeah it was like what I needed at the time and um, I'm glad I did it yeah I also think like meditation can be something for like a moment in your life right mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like forced so I needed it whenever I was going through a hard time during COVID so that was like three months of my life consistently meditating in the morning I guess if I didn't really need it and I had other distractions or other things I needed to prioritize in the morning that's also okay I guess um but I also feel like lots going on um it could be good to ground yourself a bit here and there occasionally I love it yeah I just looked it up just for fun Episode 33, Alvaro Borjas. That was, oh my goodness. Ah, this is, it's coming full circle, bit by bit. This is great. Anyway. Yeah, you gotta, re you gotta recycle some, like promote some older episodes so that you can get your listeners to like- being No like, shame, no shame. So, oh, no. Don't perfect. look at me. Plug. <laughs> um, cool. Well, Anne, uh, thanks for coming on. And we're wondering if you have any words of wisdom any parting thoughts for, for our listeners? Yeah, no, this was really great. Thank you so much for having me. I've never been on a podcast before, so this is my first. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I mean, wisdom, I think like what I said in the podcast is just being as open-minded as possible when it, with, when it comes to life and also living presently. Um, literally, you never know what's going to happen like an hour from now or tomorrow or like years from now. So I think that that's like a good mindset to have is like, be as open as possible and just being as grateful as possible too. So with that, um, yeah, go out and meet more people and befriend everyone. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first indeed. That's amazing. And really, thank you so much for coming on. Really, that's so, yeah. it's, it's, it's so, it takes so much gumption. I don't know. It's like, it's really audacious. It's really cool. Oh just gosh, come well, on and do it. It is so easy. Thank you so much, Hugh and John. Um, <laughs> I will always remember this. I was very present, <laughs> but I always remember this, my first podcast. So thank you so much. Awesome. And so with that, it's 
always a sad moment when we have to come to another episode of a close with the uh, moon tea podcast this is a podcast where we talk about craft community building meaningful careers if you or anyone else listening would like to recommend a friend or someone you know to come on the podcast please just reach out moontpodcast at gmail.com and with that stay in touch stay in tuned and look out for a picnic in new york city central park one day i'll probably invite eventually <laughs> someday i'll see if this happens peace, peace. <laughs> oh Oh, we also have one quick thing is, if is there anything that, and you wanted to give a quick shout out to personally or externally, anything you want to support, just go for it. Yeah, I mean, my, I have a website, but I haven't updated that in like a long time, which is a good reminder that I should, anu.com, my full name. Um, and then I have anu photo, which is my photography. So yeah, check me out there. Um, but yeah, don't expect too much, but now I will post more. So maybe you should expect more. So. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> and we're out. See ya. <laughs>